Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 13 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week it's Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. Let's get into it. Hi Kyle, how are you doing? I am fine, Richard. Uh, yeah, not much has been going on. Uh, when did we last record? Three days ago. <laughs> Three days ago, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's too no, it's been we're all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I've not done very much this week. Again, it's just been you know house stuff, job stuff. Uh, we had a few friends over last night for like a sort of games night. You know, just sort of relaxed evening together, mm-hmm. which was nice. Entirely within the six limit. Don't worry, I'm not going to jail. Good, and good. <laughs> you're about to report me, I know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, again, it's only been three days, so not very much has happened. You mean you haven't been to the Forest of Dean since we last spoke? No, I'm sorry. Not not again, but uh, I'll go soon. I promise. <laughs> I promise I'll go back soon. It's calling. Good. What about you? How's your uh, three days been? Yeah, my three days have been all right. I'm away from home. I've been working. It's been quite a long week yes. so far. A couple of days where we've gone... Uh, gone into overtime and stuff so pretty tiring yeah and yeah just because because uh, we're doing two this week just been pretty much full on yeah. just trying to get ready for this <laughs> yeah it's another one where we're like we're gonna spend a week listening to this album and then three days later we're like we've spent a week listening to this album Oops. yeah yeah i am uh, i am looking forward to going back to weekly recordings me too i mean we can go a bit behind the curtain quickly can't we yeah basically i there's going to be a couple of weeks where i'm not gonna be able to record because i'm going to be working nights instead of days um so chances are our schedules are going to completely be you know the opposite of each other so we just thought let's get a couple of extra ones in the bag now and then we'll be able to tide ourselves over yes so the next next week for instance we are we will be listening to two albums back to back and then lying to you about the fact that we spent Two weeks listening to them. Yes, that is true. But you'll never know because I can edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what it means is that even though we take a two-week break in a few weeks, it means you guys won't have to take a two-week break. Yeah, exactly. We like to be a professional in our (laughs) recording schedules. But I mean, the last, I'll say week, but what I mean is less than a week, we've been listening to Thin Lizzy. We certainly have, yeah. So this is our third of four weeks as part of our Black History Month episodes. Yeah. So we're looking at Thin Lizzy because their frontman, Phil Lynott, is an absolute legend, I would say. Uh, yeah, I would agree. So we thought they'd be a good band to cover. Also, like they're one of those bands that you sort of know a couple of their massive singles, mm. but I didn't really know anything about them other than a couple of these songs. No, me neither. And I know... I mean, like my, I think my introduction to Thin Lizzy was Whiskey in a Jar by Metallica. Yes. <laughs> Whiskey in the Jar, sorry. So even then, I didn't really know Thin Lizzy. I just knew, like, that Metallica covered one of their songs. Yeah, I was going to say, like, before this, I would have been able to name three of their songs, and it'd be Jailbreak and Boys Are Back in Town off this album, and Whiskey in the Jar. And that's all I knew. Yeah, um, me too. So it's been fun. And yeah, it's been enjoyable to to actually go into them a bit more. Yeah. Also... Talking of Phil Lynott, I, I just mentioned that he he's a bit of a, a bit of a legend in the music industry. I think he might be our first person we've ever spoken about that has a statue of him. I think you're right. I mean, I assume we're right <laughs> by saying that. I don't think there's 
just yet a, a actually brand. no wait a minute no there, there is a, there's a statue of chris cornell though actually in in seattle is there yes there is yeah it only went up a few years ago obviously because he passed away in 2017 but um yeah but yeah there is one of him now in in because the sound garden are named after a monument in seattle like a big sculpture called called sound garden oh right and i have a feeling he might be somewhere near that but i'm not sure interesting all right well he's our second statue he is god damn it <laughs> God damn it, Phil. But he probably got there first, though. I would imagine so, yes. Um, okay, so should we do a little bit of... I was just going to say, you were you were talking recently about... Um, we Like a couple of weeks ago, we discussed that Bad Brains was our oldest record. And yeah. this time, we've gone even further back. We're finally in the 70s. We the certainly have, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk a bit about Thin Lizzy, and then we can jump into the album. Oh, so weirdly... Um, yes, we will talk about Thin Lizzy. <laughs> but weirdly, you know how last week I started out by blowing your mind uh, by finding a link between Killswitch and Thin Lizzy. Yes. Well, I've managed to find a link between Thin Lizzy and Bad Brains. What? Would you believe? No, I wouldn't. Lay it on me. So uh, at the time of this album, uh, one of their guitarists was Scott Gorham. Yes. And after he left Thin Lizzy, um, he was then later he later recorded an album with Rollins band who's uh, fronted by Henry Rollins who yeah. used to be the singer of Black Flag who was obviously also a major part of the punk scene not in DC specifically they were I think they were West Coast Black Flag yeah they might have been New York even um but it sort of ties him to the to the punk scene of the 80s for God's sake crazy huh you're like a historian <laughs> You're doing such a good job of tying it all together. I'm just riding on your coattails, Rich. Not at all. I bring nothing to the table. <laughs> You've just told me about a, a Chris Cornell statue. Yeah, that is true, I guess. There's been me spouting my mouth about the Phil Lynott statue all week. <laughs> Little did I know that that's a Chris You've Cornell You've been one. telling everyone you meet. Yeah. Did you know we're doing our first statue tonight? <laughs> I sound like an idiot, Kyle. I've got to yeah. go and apologise to everyone. You better. <laughs> right, let's do yeah, let's do a rundown of uh, of Thin Lizzy, and then we'll um, and then we'll get into the album, as is the way the episodes normally go. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So Thin Lizzy are an Irish rock band. They were formed in 1969. Yes. And where we are joining them here for Jailbreak, it's their sixth album uh, in as many years. Ridiculous. And also to. To bear in mind for this whole episode, when we talk about certain things on the album and sort of talk about it being their sixth album, at this point, Phil Lynott was 26, <laughs> recording his sixth album. And um, uh, Scott Gorham was 25. For God's sake. Yeah, and the other guitarist, Brian Robertson, was 20 at this point. Ridiculous. And, I mean, some of the stuff they're doing at that age is insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, to have, like, this much of a sound at that age, you know what I mean? To know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, but seemingly... They didn't know what everything that they were doing because this album was sort of, sort of their make or break moment. They they'd done five albums in five years, hadn't really hit it big time. Apart from Whiskey in the Jar, they hadn't really done anything of note until this point. And um, their record label basically said to them, "Look, I think you need to you know see how this album goes." Basically, yeah. And so they pulled themselves up. Yeah. And they made- <laughs> quite an album they did i mean it's quite similar because i'm going to mention him a few times but this this came out the year after born to run mm. um, and there's a few things on here that sound quite bruce springsteen to my ears yes and i mean it's kind of similar bruce was 26 when he made born to run or 25 oh, and then turned 26 the year it came out and it was the same kind of thing i think atlantic sort of told him he'd had the two albums 
you know, touted as like the next Dylan and then they didn't sell necessarily that well. Mm. And then sort of Born to Run was like his make or break, you know, and it's kind of a similar... Right. And it's a, it's a similar story. And I, th- I think that happens quite a lot. Some, it seems to be a, like a musical story, isn't it? That when a band is like backed into a corner of either do a good album or you're off, they're like, all right, then fuck. Yeah, yeah. we'll make a classic. How's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about... Fuck you. Here's one of the best albums ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to... I was going to reference Bruce Springsteen a bit, but I really don't know him that well. And obviously with you being the fountain of Bruce knowledge A personal of the friend world, of the boss. A personal friend. <laughs> yes. Um, I was sort of scared to say, oh, this. I think this sounds a bit Bruce Springsteen-y because in reality I don't really know. And you might have gone, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I'll try my best, Carl. I'll get I'll incredibly angry if you say it sounds like him and it doesn't, just so you okay, know. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so this is their sixth album, and at this point their lineup was well. In fact, this was their lineup seemingly for the main chunk of their actual career. I think yeah. all their actual studio releases were with this lineup. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think Phil and um, the drummer Brian, they were always they were they were the mainstays, right? And they jumped in and out of various guitarists through the years. Yeah, but um, I think this, like you say, I think this was the the once they hit it big. I think. I think this was the lineup that stuck for a while. Yeah, I, I think Scott was with them for a long time mm-hmm. and Brian was with them for several albums, but this was this was both of their second albums with the band and then as yeah. you say um the drummer and Phil uh, we're calling him the drummer. He has a name. He's called Brian yeah. as well. He's <laughs> he called, called Brian, Brian Downey. <laughs> so him and Phil had been in the band since the beginning and were until sort of the end of Thin Lizzy, as yes. as we know it, technically they're still around today, and they're they're putting mm-hmm. out live CDs occasionally, and and still playing. But um, when Phil passed away in nineteen eighty six, I think, yeah, yeah. So when when that happened, the the band basically like they haven't released an actual studio album since. Yeah, but in that time, they they released eleven albums. Yeah, which again we've talked about just the prolificness of you know music of old haven't we mm. just how these days it's like four years between an album and back then it was like two albums a year <laughs> yeah they literally did another album this year didn't they yeah it's fucking nuts it's insane yeah do you want to do a, a rundown of the songs i don't think there's any hidden traps for you with it this no. week <laughs> for once for the first time in ages <laughs> yes uh, let's do a quick rundown so uh the album is jailbreak uh, angel from the coast running back Romeo and the Lonely Girl, Warriors, The Boys Are Back in Town, Fight or Fall, Cowboy Song, and Emerald to close. Yes, nice nine-song album. Yeah, 35 minutes and gone. Love it. Yeah, it was good. Good listen. It is. So it charted pretty well. That You know, as we said, they were told, right, that you have to do something with this album, and they did. Yeah. They got to number 10 in the UK chart. Yeah. And number 18 in the US chart. Mm-hmm. And it was certified gold in both of those countries so gold in the states is 500,000 i think and gold in the uk is 100,000 yeah so at least 600,000 copies were sold even if it didn't sell anywhere else yeah <laughs> ah, who cares um cool all right well should we get straight into the Let's songs get into the album all right so we start with the title track jailbreak how do you uh, how do you feel about jailbreak rich you'd heard it before i had heard this song a lot before i think i mentioned a couple of episodes ago that i'd there's a Dropkick Murphys cover of it on one of their albums. You did mention that, yes. I think I had heard the Thin Lizzy version 
prior to that i think it was probably you know those uh like compilation albums you used to get when you were younger from like sainsbury's or whatever and it'd be like rock monsters yeah <laughs> i have a feeling jailbreak was on one of them right along with a lot of my education yeah classic driving rock songs or whatever yeah exactly i'd be oh what's, what's this band black sabbath okay <laughs> what's this band van halen okay interesting yeah i know exactly what rather mean. good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd heard it before as well, but I don't know where from. I mean, it must again, like you say, it must have been in a film or something, or just on the radio or something. I've, you know, it's yeah. one of those songs that you've heard somewhere. It's a, it's a pretty classic it rock is. song, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and they do that thing where it is super iconic, but the actual main riff, like in the verse and stuff, is just three chords. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's cool. I love it. There's, I mean, a lot of this album, chord like riff wise, is just chords, isn't it? But like, yeah, like maybe a chord and then a little guitar lick, or maybe some like. There's a lot of um, the one of the Bruce Springsteen aspects of it is like that, like a clean chord that's like chopped, and then maybe like a slide like ticka 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 down, ticka ticka that sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. quite like an early Bruce Springsteen thing as well. So um, yeah, I mean, and it's if great. We're talking about that, we can go straight into Romeo and the Lonely Girl if you want. <laughs> you basically yeah, just sung just... it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, the guitar sound on the album is great. They're pan, they're they're left and right, so you hmm. you can always hear what they're both doing, and it's really great. Yeah, and because they're both doing some lead and some rhythm, it's not like yes. one's one and one's the other. Um, it's quite interesting because, as you say, because they're pan, it's not like you know that the licks are going to come in yes. one ear and and the chords are going to come in the other. It's still quite varied, isn't it? Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's, it seems quite some of it seems a bit improvisational almost because, like you say, they'll both be playing something, mm. and then the right ear might just be like woo new, but then next time the left ear might be like diddle little little, and he's like they're just like having a bit of fun. Yeah, it's great. They ne- but they never like well, step on each other's toes. Oh, here we go. It sounds like they're having fun, but. Did you read that neither of the guitarists like this album? No. Yeah, uh, they were both like really, um, I think because of the pressure on, on them, because of the label, they basically they had to write it and record it insanely quickly. Yeah. And I can't remember which way round, but one of the guitarists was just like furious that he didn't get more time to like really play with his solos and riffs. He was just like, oh, it just sounds so like generic and stuff. Right. And... The other guitarist hates the guitar tone on the album. What? That is madness. Yeah, and I mean, in in a later song, we're going to get sort of further into a little dispute with the recording process. Oh, yeah, I know about that dispute. Yeah, I read about that one. Yeah, but yeah, so generally, neither neither guitarist was actually too happy with how they did it or how it turned out. Which is bizarre to me. Yeah, me too. I'd be so proud of myself if I'd played this album. (laughs) It sounds fucking great. (laughs) Yeah, but I wonder if it's one of those things like we talked about with... HR having to record his vocals so quickly and therefore it was just like True. whatever he decides he wants to do that's what happens in the album like if they'd had more time to really like in inverted commas perfect the stuff on this album would it feel maybe less playful and a bit more stale I wonder because a lot of these songs as you say like they sound super playful yeah and it's probably just because they're having to just like figure it out yeah they've got one take and you get no fucking choice yeah I will say uh, right up top I really like Phil's voice mm. there's just something about his voice I don't know if I could pinpoint it but I just really like it it works really well with that like 70s rock sound yeah well he sounds quite um, he's got quite a commanding voice but also it's like really also quite smooth and yeah. like chilled out but also it, it can be very like pumped up as well like when he wants to I mean, there's a point in this song where he, when he uh, sort of screams "Breakout," like yeah. it's it's quite raspy and quite like 
not aggressive, but it's uh, you know it's got a lot more in it. But mm. then some of the songs he's he's got this sort of a bit of like a croony sort of feel. Yeah, he does because his lyrics sort of tell like stories. I guess there's mm. just something about his voice carrying those stories, and it does it like you say because yeah. it's maybe because it's so like really smooth and really chilled like you you mm. it's just sort of sat right where it needs to be and it's really great i also know that he is yeah. james hetfield's favorite lyricist so i was paying a lot of t- attention to the lyrics oh interesting yeah james i, okay. I there's a on one of the many metallica documentary things i've watched over the years james hetfield talks about how he always wishes he could write lyrics like phil Linnett, but he can't oh right interesting and i guess um cliff must have been a big fan as well right yeah i would imagine so yeah yeah because they, they play Whiskey in the Jar at every show, don't they? In Cliff's memory. I... Like literally every show they do, is it? I don't know. They do play it quite a lot. I don't think they played it the last time I saw them, but they definitely did the first two times I saw them. So. Oh, right, okay. But you're right, they do play it very often. It is a goddamn tune. Oh, man, their cover of that is so, so good. So good, isn't it? It's fucking great. James Hetfield has just the perfect voice for singing like old Irish folk songs. Yeah, he <laughs> I does, don't know why. yeah. Yeah, he's, good. he's so good. Anyway, back to Thin Lizzy songs that are on this album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we jump to? Do you want to jump to Angels from the Coast, or have you, do you want anything more about uh, Jailbreak? No, I, I don't really have, have too much more. I, I was going to say uh, we've talked about how playful it, it sounds. I think you know how I said that I didn't really like this the use of sound effects on Metropolis. Yes. Um, obviously, there's there's quite a lot of sound effects in Jailbreak in the in the bridge, and I think because the album does have that more sort of fun, playful sound, whereas Metropolis felt quite earnest and serious. I think yeah. I'm sort of fine with sirens in this and, and less so, and that's probably why I didn't like it so much in that, probably. Anyway, that's just... No, I agree with you. Because um, here it's more like a, a mood setting, if that makes sense, whereas mm-hmm. in Dream Theater it was literally like telling a story. So there was like literal beats of the story had to be like shoehorned in in yes, the sound effects. that's exactly it, yeah. 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 But then Angels from the Coast, which uh, does sound exactly like Bruce Springsteen. I don't know if this is the one of the ones you thought sounded like Bruce Springsteen, but it does. No, I didn't write it. Maybe I was I was too nervous at song two. I was a bit, <laughs> a bit nervous at this point to do that. <laughs> okay, well, it does. There's there's two Bruce Springsteen songs, The E Street Shuffle and Rosalita from his first two albums. Mm-hmm. And this and a few of the others on the album have that exact feel. This and okay. Romeo and, and the Lonely Girl just sound like yeah. 1973, 75 Bruce Springsteen songs. Yeah, also... I. I think I wrote it on Romeo and the Lonely Girl and Cowboy Song as well. Yes. Yeah. Which is no bad thing. No, no. Uh, I should probably listen to more Bruce at some point. I can recommend a couple of songs if you like. (laughs) Just a couple. (laughs) Yeah. So I I sort of, because obviously I knew Jailbreak and I knew Boys Are Back in Town, I sort of thought it would be that vibe generally. So this was obviously quite, quite different to those two. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I was with you. I only really knew The Boys Are Back in Town and I guess now I realise I knew Jailbreak. Mm. So I was expecting all distortion, kind of not like heavy or anything, but just like 70s rock. Yeah. So I was, uh, I w- I was unexpected to be like, Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. When, uh, when the second track started. And it was, uh, and I mean, it's a, nice, it's a nice surprise. It's a nice change. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Mm. Uh, there's a bit in this which is, um, is really cool. When they like this sort of, they do a lot of like two different types of verses rather yes. than necessarily going to a chorus. And in the second chorus, at uh, the second verse slash pre-chorus, whatever you want to call it, in this where it's the uh, like dun 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 chords, yeah, the way it sort of like does that three times, and then the last ones it's like ding ding ding, and it's like yeah. a really dark chord. It's like really out of character yeah. for the song. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the I didn't mention it in the first song, but. Um... 
uh, Brian, the drummer, is really, really good. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there is a direct Mastodon link later on uh, that I will bring up. But he, like, I can hear a lot of Bran in his, like, drumming, but the other way around, obviously. Like, yeah, he yeah. does lots of fills in the middle of bars and things. Yeah, he's not, he does, You yeah. know the way Bran just does a fill every five seconds? Mm. It's that kind of thing where he's playing a four and then he'll just do a little digga digga dirt digga dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's a great, he's a great, great drummer. My screen's gone. Where's my screen gone? Uh-oh. Where's your screen gone? There it is back. It's like, oof. Way! That. that was close. All my notes down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sort of he does ride the the, uh, the snare, doesn't he? Yes, a lot. Yeah, there's there's very few bits where you can like specifically tell that he's playing on toms. But yeah. I, I think there's that general. I I did want to actually talk to you about this. Um, I sort of wrote it down later on. Um, there's something about drums, like the way drums were recorded back then, and mm-hmm. that they don't have the same sort of like here. If he goes from snare to tom, you can't always tell and i wonder if that is do you know like why that is is that to do with because they use panning a lot more nowadays or is it because of the number of microphones that they'd use nowadays or what yeah i think it would be it must be something to do with like you say maybe i mean panning probably does help but i just think in terms of like amps and things mm. you, you know it's always kind of just put a microphone in front of the cone or or you know, and then and record that. But with drums, I think, especially with his microphones, get better and better. Mm. I don't know if maybe they probably did, but you know, like now you would mic up below the snare, above the snare, hi hat, every tom individually, mm-hmm. two room mics, two overhead mics, and then maybe like a ride cymbal mic. You know what I mean? And I don't know if they had the facility to do that in the seventies, recording onto tape. No, I mean they probably did, mm-hmm. but it just you know it's like these days it's a lot easier to throw like fucking thirty mics at something, yeah, set it up digitally, and just like have this enormous drum kit sound, yeah. And I think they were probably a lot more limited back then, and especially if they had twenty minutes to record the whole fucking album, they probably didn't have. <laughs> yeah, because I I know when um. There's a ridiculous story about when Trivium recorded Shogun or In Waves. Um, In Waves, Mm -hmm. they spent five days just getting the drum sounds. Wow. Like literally just making sure the drum gets sounded good. Not not even recording a song. Literally just like... Not recording it. No. Just teching it, basically. Yeah, literally teching it for five days before he even recorded a single note for the album. Bloody hell. And I don't think... If you're doing two albums a year, I don't think you've you've not really got that luxury, have you? If you? If you've got to crack an album out and get back on tour. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, for answering my question. <laughs> sure. Okay. Running back. Running back. I fucking love this song. It's very nice, isn't it? Yeah. There's something about it. It's got that like swung six feel. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. And it's like you say, expecting the boys are back in town and getting this. I was like, what? Yeah. But I I don't know. There's something about it's mainly. I think it's mainly Phil. I love. The lyrics are great and I love the melody of it and it's mm. just a really it's just a really nice little little sort of pop song almost. But do you want to tell the story? I assume this is the one you mean, the uh <laughs> the the friction within the band regarding the recording of this song. Yes. So they were originally gonna use The Boys Are Back in Town as their lead single yes. on the album. But it was decided that that was too aggressive. <laughs> which is unfathomable to me, but that's what it was. <laughs> oh, the seventies. So they basically looked at, I guess, looked at the other songs and and saw what was less aggressive, and so they brought someone in. They brought in Tim Hinckley to do some keyboards on this song to give it a more poppy vibe. Yes. And the guitarists were not happy <laughs> about that, were they? 
No, they were not. I think uh, I think it was um, Brian Robertson said, uh, I took enormous offence to the changes. I couldn't understand why they'd pay this guy a fortune just for playing what he did. Listen to it and tell me it's not bollocks. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. And then in retaliation, he decided not to be on the final recording. So yes. Robertson doesn't play guitar on that. And then holding seemingly a 35-year grudge, he then re-recorded it on yeah. his solo album in 2011. <laughs> Just like, oh, get over it, mate. I know, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, the thing I read said that it was originally like a standard blues song. Mm. And I don't think I want to hear this as a blues song. No. I don't think it'd, I don't think it'd work. With it's, some... a nice, it's a nice pop ballad. Yeah, it is a nice pop ballad. I do love that they did all that and then didn't even credit Tim Hinckley on the album, though. Yeah, I know, yeah. That's pretty... <laughs> Poor bad, guy. He, like, causes a giant yeah. rift in the band and then they don't even fucking credit him. <laughs> Yeah, Poor guy. I think so. Phil said that this was influenced by a Van Morrison. This song, which you can really hear. Can't oh you? yeah, absolutely. Like it's got a very Van Morrison it. style. Yeah, it really, yeah. really does. Everything, the melody down to the guitar part, yeah. so Van Morrison. Yeah, and also just the fact that it ends with him going, "Tra la 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 la." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're, it's Brown Eyed Girl. We're listening to Brown Eyed Girl now. We literally are. Yeah. It's a cool song. It is. Cool song. And then, then we're going into Romeo and the Lonely Girl. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen again, as we discussed. Yeah. This was the first one that I flagged was quite Brucey. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question about the story in this song. So the story is, right, that Romeo falls in love with a girl. Yeah. But then he decides to leave or, or has to leave. Yeah. So then the narrator of the song goes in to try to be with the girl. But then she's already fallen in love with someone else. But then... It's seemingly Romeo we're feeling sorry for. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he decided to leave. I know, exactly. He's a twat. <laughs> yeah. It's your own fault, Romeo. He had it coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel sorry for you at all. You're, you're not bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do love... This has one of my... Maybe my favourite things in music uh again another one to the list yeah. but this one's more silly this is when somebody adds uh <laughs> adds adds parts to a word to make it rhyme yeah. it's so fucking great he's like no what the fuck can i rhyme with romeo i've got it onio yes the, the <laughs> fact that he is rhymed uh romeo is sitting all on his onio that's just brilliant <laughs> it is brilliant it's so good like yeah. oh, i just hope he wrote that and was like nailed it yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah definitely um also this, this song's got a great line um where he says never judge lovers by good looking covers i really like that line me too it's cool yeah it is great it's got oh. a great guitar solo as well this song it's mm. just got like a the, all the solos on the album are fucking spot on in my opinion i don't know what this is why i was so incredulous a minute ago when you said yeah they weren't happy with their parts well i, I think some of them sound quite um i don't mean this in a mean way but some of them sound like quite shit <laughs> like they sound like they're very good solos but they're sort of exactly what it should be like they're sort of just a 70s uh, cookie rock cutter solo. 70 rock songs solos and then some of them are like do go a bit crazy but there's nothing wrong with the ones that are maybe more in the box no also we in episode five we talked about how much tremonti likes to noodle over a chorus when the chorus comes back in after this solo he just carries on for two more choruses. Yeah, doesn't stop. Can't <laughs> stop him. Yeah. Just keeps going. I like to think that maybe they just didn't tell him. <laughs> like, you can stop now. It's a yeah, chorus. There's going to be vocals over this bit, mate. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Not if I've got something to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we're on to Warriors. We're going to finish off side A with Warriors. 
Do you like this song? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like this song. The intro to this, to me, it's like really 70s is the best way. It sounds like a cop show with that like hi-hat. This is going like... Yeah, that's true. And the guitar thing's like... Like doing the slidey chords and the bass is just going... Dung, 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 dung. I don't know why, but I just hear like... It's just so 70s. I can't describe exactly... I guess it's like Police Squad, which is like... Yeah, I thought that intro sounds like one of those... It's almost like a precursor to things like Guns N' Roses and uh, Van Halen, where they're sort of like yeah. warming into a song before, like yeah. before the drums like really kick in and Slash goes off. Like it's got that sort of vibe. I thought. Yeah, that is true. A bit like the intro to um, this is how Welcome to the Jungle starts, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the hi hats Yeah, I think you can draw a straight line from this to to the. 80s and, and Guns N' Roses. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it goes into then an amazing riff. Yes. I love this riff. Yeah. Again, there's no actual chorus in this song. It just sort of goes no. from verse <laughs> It's just another story, to... isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's about um, it's about drug takers. Did you see that? I did. I saw, yeah, because he, he died of sort of drug complications, right? Um, yeah. From, he had pneumonia, right? But it was yeah. all part of his, his immune system being shot. Yeah. Um, and then later this year, he had to... Um, they had to cancel their US tour because he got um, hepatitis from yes. uh, a dirty needle as well. Yes. Yeah. So I did read that it was like, I think the quote I read was him talking about how it affects people. I don't think he was literally saying like himself, but I guess he obviously mm. had first time experience at this point. So Yeah. I saw that he said, um, the only way I could give any sense of heavy drug takers was by describing them as warriors that they actually go out and do it. People like Hendrix and Dwayne Allman were perfectly aware of the position they were getting into. They weren't slowly being hooked. It was a conscious decision to go out and take the thing as far as it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess he's speaking from first-hand experience. But um, yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting perspective on it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a good way to frame it. Yeah. I mean, you know, good in the sense that it's interesting, not good that it's like glorifying it or anything. No, but there's, uh, I think that the solo and the riffs and stuff are great in this song. Yeah. And the outro of this song might be my favourite bit on the whole album. Oh, okay. You know, it's got like that sort of like choppy riff and then the choral vocals come in. Yeah, that's like nothing else, isn't it? That yeah, big and then it just like, again, bit. like builds from there into back into the riff and then a big hard stop. I just think that's such a perfect ending to a song. Yeah, I don't think I was expecting because Emerald has the same thing where the last like two minutes is just music. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that on... I was thought I thought it'd be a bit more straightforward, and it's really cool. Mm. The guitar solo on this is fucking sick. He's got his wah yes. pedal out, and he's using it for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah, he certainly has. Yeah, it's great. And then at the end, the drums just go fucking nuts. Like the drums, <laughs> yeah, they're like doing stabs. Yeah, they, and he's like he basically does like a, a drum solo after the main main uh, guitar solo, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does, and it's great. And we finally we finally get some distinct toms. Yeah, we do. I still don't know which way they're panned, but it sounds great. No, I think they're all panned right down the middle. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> which is fine. Yes. Um, okay, turn the cassette over, Kyle. We're going on to side B. Okay, give me a sec, give me a sec. Sound effects inserted. <laughs> hey, I've heard this song before. Oh, this is the one. This is the one. This is a fucking tune. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's another one of those things where you hear it on the radio or whatever, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, I could get into that in like a party or something. Yeah. But spending this week literally listening to it, I was like, God, this is a good song. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, it really is. I think it's just one of those songs that, like, I I have no idea how I know it, mm. but I defy you to find someone who doesn't know this song. Yeah, I would agree with you, and yeah. like you say, but like, I'm, I feel like I've known it forever. I can't tell yeah. you the first time I when when did I first hear the boys are back in town? I have no idea. No, I tell you where it might have been. 
Might have been the Toy Story 2 trailer. Oh, <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> what was that, 98? I was seven years old? There you go. Yeah, uh, that's such a great use of it as well. Just like an image of Woody and Buzz just walking down the street with this and this in the background. That's so good. Yeah, that is so good. It's, I mean, it's just great. The intro is great. I love that little bass line. It's such a good, yeah. such a good feel. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's so iconic, isn't it? There's no point. It's just like, you could do that. And people are like, boys of fucking time. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love how like it really is. his voice in this, in the verses, he's like super conversational, even though he's yes. like actually singing and like he's still got a melody. He's just like super like chilled out and just chatting. And it, it almost reminds me of like early arctic monkeys in that respect yes because they have some they have like a lot of songs where like they're literally like telling this story of like a night out in a club Mm -hmm. and it's super like conversational but it's not like mike skinner just talking yeah it's like singing but chatting and i think phil is doing the exact same thing yeah i agree because there's a lot of words in the verse you know what Mm. i mean but it doesn't sound like he's not rushing he's just really it just flows really well yeah it's just measured yeah Yeah. it just sounds super fun like (laughs) yeah it does it's such a great again that's one of the things i realized this week is how well put together the the, like the verse melody is it's really cool yeah also the reason i've got my guitar i don't know if it's interesting to anyone but the chords in the verse are great did you look at the chords in the verse i didn't but i'm about to hear them i think you i mean you can do if you like they're just really interesting like you'd think you know because like the, the intro is just like a or like i think it's probably f- tuned flat so it might be a g sharp but let's say it's in a and you know they could easily continue something like that simple just show yeah. kind of like one two four but the, the so here's here's the chords in the in the verse so you've got a so and then c sharp minor and then d yeah. And then F sharp. Oh. And then back here. And then back here. And then here. Nice. It's so nice. There's such nice chords. Like, and like in a little pop song, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they could have just, like you say, they could have just gone like. Dan, 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 yeah. Dan. Well, actually, that's also a very Arctic Monkeys thing. True. Like. Um, that is true. Maybe something like Mardi Bum or something like that. Yeah, the chords in Mardi Bum are lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we've drawn another line. I think what we're establishing is that Thin Lizzy might have influenced everyone. Yeah, shit. <laughs> they might be our new Metallica, Kyle. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, they influenced Metallica. They are. They're the new Metallica. Oh yeah, I was about to say we haven't talked about them in a long time, but we've talked about them in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. All right, so that's Boys Back in Town. Then we go to Fight or Fall. Do you like this song? I do. I think it's probably my least favourite on the album, but like yeah. I don't dislike it. I think it's just... Of, of the nine, it's probably my least favourite, but not in a way that I would skip it or anything. It's just... No, I, I totally agree. Um, the intro really reminds me of the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Brandy. Oh, I don't think I know that. Oh, they played it when they played Hyde Park. Um, God, I don't know. I don't actually know who did the original. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's just giving me songs by the artist Brandy. That's not what I want. Oh, no, it's um by Glass, who are an American rock band it was released in 1972 oh right so a similar time um i think you'd really like it check out it's called brandy you're a fine girl in brackets this is you want me to check out the chili peppers cover or the original i think i think you just like the song but the okay the chords in the intro for fight or fall sound very similar to to when chili peppers played it maybe Got it's you. the same as the original as well i just, i don't know that version better basically all right 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's quite like a slow... Again, I've written so many times that it just sounds like the 70s, but I think that's because we've not listened to any 70s albums. Yeah. And it's really distinctive. And it's, yeah, it's really nice to, to go back there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's got such a nice sound. Even though, like yeah. you say, it's a bit more lo-fi than something like Tremonti or whatever. Or yeah, Doom I mean, Fist. it's definitely a step back from Killswitch last week. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. but not in a way that my ears like don't like, you know? No, not at all. So the guitar tone is really different in this song. It is. It's really like warm... I put that it's quite like a bubble bath just because it's like super <laughs> just like reverby and like warm like it just feels like really nice like washy yeah it's great it does and the solo is kind of like a clean you know what I mean it's yeah. kind of like a much cleaner tone yeah it's re- it's, a, it's a nice change that's what I mean I don't dislike the song mm. I just I just think compared to the other eight it's a bit weaker but not in a way that yeah. bothers yeah. me because it is still a cool song um, I have a question about this song I'm having read the lyrics I'm none the wiser about as, as to what it's about do you, do you did you sort of interpret it at all uh i did not no i'm afraid fine let me have let's have a look now rich let's do it on the spot Here we go. It, i mean it was, it was one of those albums that listening to it sort of five times you generally tend to learn most of the lyrics yeah. just from like listening to it just a handful of times but but still this song i don't really know what it is about no i think because the others are all quite straightforward narratives aren't they yeah i saw a thing when i was looking up things for this album that like there was a review for it or something hmm. the review started with this like really really assured sentence that was like this album is a concept album about a character called the warrior who is on the run after breaking out of jail oh. and he's like working his way through the landscape and i was like what the fuck are you talking about you're trying to make a sentence out of the song titles that's not what a concept yeah. album is <laughs> exactly exactly and he finds an emerald yeah <laughs> And then it's blood mounted. Yeah. <laughs> like like nonsense. I just yeah, but it was so assured of time. It wasn't like maybe. It was literally saying, here's what the album's about. I was like, what are well, you that's, talking about? That's a strong opinion. It is a strong opinion. So maybe it's about that, Rich. Maybe it's the warrior character yeah. to, in his journey and he's he's I having mean, a, a trouble. To be fair, I, I did feel like there was a distinct similarity between Jailbreak and Boys Are Back in Town. Like they're both about a group that are sudden like I I felt like maybe the boys are back in town is about the people that have broken out of jail. Because, I mean, he he actually, going back to it, he says the line, guess who just got back today, them wild-eyed boys that have been away. Yeah, that is so true. like, oh, maybe they've been away in jail. Like, you know, maybe it's just that they've been out to sea or been on tour or, you know, it could be yeah. anything. But they've but both of those songs have that quite, like, playful night out sort of vibe. So I thought maybe they were yeah. kins. Well, that makes more sense. Yes. And they were warriors, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. One of them is called Romeo. And <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, so now we get on to cowboy song. Yeah. The the intro to this, how did you the intro to this threw me right out when I first heard it. Uh how does the intro go? It starts with like and it's I mean it sounds like Van Morrison again. It's like an acoustic guitar. To me, it sounds like a parody of a cowboy song from a cowboy film. Mm. For just the first verse, like the lyrics, I'm it literally starts, I'm just a cowboy lonesome on the trail. Yeah. And it's like this this picked acoustic guitar, ding ding ding. Yeah. And I was like, are they taking the piss? And then it becomes this like great rock song. And I was like, yeah. oh okay, yeah. That is I think the whole song is sort of that. Basically, like I, I read that Phil was just like in love with America. Right. So it's not necessarily telling a distinct story. I think it just feels like a collection of all these things that are tropes and ideas from the wild west and he's just like yes i'll write a line about this one and a line about this one like yeah. <laughs> I th- so i think it is a bit of like a, a love lettery sort of like homage maybe which ends up being a little bit of a 
parody, I guess, in a way, because sort of homage often becomes parody a little bit, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I I think the like the melody in this is is awesome. It's oh, absolutely. So catchy, so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I love the. I mean, I love the whole song, but I just the, when I, when I first heard that that intro, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. But then once it kicks in, it's bloody great. The the yeah, the melody's amazing. I love the guitar parts in the in the verse. The guitar. Like the left ear guitar is playing like full chords and the right ear guitar is just going like dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it's it's lovely to listen to when you've got them like literally panned left and right to hear two distinct uh, sounds in one verse. It's, uh, yeah, it's fucking cool once it kicks in. It really Absolutely. is. Also, I think it's probably not my favourite song on the album, but it's the one that's been stuck in my head all week. Right, okay. <laughs> the um, the chorus of uh, Roll Me Over and Turn Roll Me, me Over around. and Turn Me Around. Yeah. That's just been going around my head all week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're, they're very catchy songs. He's a he was a good songwriter, old Phil. Turns out he certainly was. Yeah. Also, talking of Phil, um, there's like a little bridge interlude where it's just bass and drums later on in the song. Yes. And how like given that he's the singer and he's playing that bass, that bass is like there's so many stops and like single notes and stuff. Yeah. How he's singing over the top of playing that is beyond me. Yeah. So well done, Phil. Well done, Phil. Also, we get two solos in this as well. And they're both great solos. Because like you say, it breaks down to that like just ride cymbal and bass bit with a little solo. Yeah. And then it comes back up again. And then we get another solo and it goes in more. And it's fucking great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, are we on the last song? Are we already on Emerald? We're already on Emerald, yeah. So, I said it earlier, um, the link, the direct link to Mastodon hmm. is that Mastodon covered this song. Ah. And I think you can hear why, because it sounds like a Mastodon song. It does. <laughs> to me? Yeah, it's very dark sounding, and it has really, like, metal themes running through it, doesn't it? Yeah. That that first, like you say, this is one of the ones where the opening line, he, like, gives it some, he gives it some, mm. and he fucking sings down from the Glen came the marching men. I was like, yeah. it's a Mastodon song. This is a Mastodon <laughs> song. White whale, holy grail. Yeah, genuinely. And then it ends with a two-minute fucking guitar solo off harmony, just madness. Yeah. Yeah, oh like, man, it's I, just mastered on. I am going to go listen to that cover as soon as we finish recording yeah. tonight. I mean, it's great. And the, um, some of the lyrics, like, it's so seemingly this is about i i got that the emerald is referring to ireland because it's like the green island yes um, like the emerald isle and so i guessed it was about sort of the invasion of ireland and like colonizing ireland i presume so as well yeah okay fine because it's got that sort of medieval battle sort of feel to it yeah um and it's got the the way he describes the fact that he says when they left the town was empty children would never play again like that is such a devastating way to describe what's happened. Yeah. Like the the fact that he's chosen that as his way of like describing the destruction. That's just oh my god. That's such good luck songwriting. Yeah, it is. He's such a great. Again, he just paints such good pictures. Like yeah. oh, I think if if he liked Whiskey in the Jar, which is an old Irish folk song, maybe he just. I feel like he has an like a he has a knack for writing that like like you say this sounds quite like traditional almost yeah, in, in a strange way yeah. maybe he's just got a really good ear for it for writing mm. that sort of thing you know yeah. for like picking out a good line yeah oh i think so and then the song itself is sort of finished in about a minute and 50 yep and then we get over two minutes of just like mad yeah guitars and it's great because it's like it builds up and then you just get like 
guitar solo trade-offs between the two yeah. ears. I mean, well, before that, we get that like super prog classical riff. Yes, we do. Yes. That also feels quite medieval. Like it sounds like something yeah. that would be in like a king's court. Yes, on a trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they just get absolutely dueling with their guitars. Yeah, which is so sick. It's just what you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to end an album with a two minute guitar solo trade off. Yeah absolutely sold well that's the album Kyle that's the whole album Rich. that's the whole album well done so interestingly yeah I've just realised I've only picked two songs this week so that's good <laughs> <laughs> you've pulled a Kyle you're going to have to pick uh, your third one on shit. air oh <laughs> uh, shit uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I want to have time but I also don't want to be uh, influenced by you so I don't want to make you go first but at the same no. time I don't want to go first either <laughs> that's fine <laughs> okay well you can have uh, precisely a minute from now okay well why don't you say whether it's in your hall of fame and i will okay. think about it. oh that's true that does some first uh it is definitely in my hall of fame rich i absolutely fucking loved mm. my week listening to this album i didn't know what to expect like mm. i said i only knew boys are back in town um and i it was just it's just a great album like that there's nothing more to say i every time i listen to it i fucking enjoyed it and i would have gladly put it straight back on what about you yeah it's definitely going in my hall of fame too i sort of went into this as I said, not really knowing Thin Lizzy too well. And I thought that maybe it was going to be a little bit like in inverted commas, middle of the road. Okay. Uh, because I just didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't think it was going to be too sort of pushing anything. I thought it was going to be quite safe seventies rock. Yes. And I mean, some of it is maybe, but it's insanely catchy. There's some great music in it. Yes. Phil's voice is amazing mm -hmm. and his songwriting is amazing. And yeah, I think, it was so much fun listening to this album. Like, yes. it's so fun to listen to. It is. It's like when we listen yeah. to Nevermind for a week. It's like, yeah. it's that same sort of thing where you just, you're just having a great time for like 35 minutes. Yeah. Also, it's the first week that Bex has actually liked the music we've listened to. So that's good. <laughs> Way! Yes. She's a tough critic, but she likes Thin Lizzy. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. One out of 13 isn't bad. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> you should have used that time to pick a song, Rich. Well, I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> and whose fault was that? I gave you a minute. See, the thing is, do I pick a third song for me or do I pick one because I think you're going to pick it? That's that's ridiculous, isn't it, to do that? Yeah, don't do that. No. Okay, fine. I've picked a song. Have I? Yes, I've picked a song. <laughs> mm. I, You know, I'm exactly the same. So many I want to pick. Exactly. It's real hard. Yeah. All right. No, I've picked. I've picked. Okay, well, you can go first. And then, yeah, then you definitely won't be influenced by to me. To prove it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm picking Warriors. Okay. Boys are back in town. Yep. Emerald. Okay. Would you like to know which one of them I only just picked? Did you only just pick Warriors? Nope. Emerald? Nope. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you only just picked the one we knew before we even listened to the album. Yeah, I think I was sort of having a, another crisis of, like, teen spirit. I was thinking, well, that's the obvious pick. But do you know what? It's... Who cares if it's your obvious pick? It's yeah. a great song. Yes. Well, you know what? It's such a great song that I picked it as well. Yay. Yes. I picked uh, Boys Back in Town. I picked Running Back because I really, really, really like Running Back. Mm -hmm. And I'm in charge of the playlist, so I might just put that on there anyway. <laughs> and I also picked Emerald. Great. Yay. Two songs. Yes, two songs. It was a dead heat between Emerald and Jailbreak because I really like Jailbreak as well. I think it's a fucking banger. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah but is. yeah, Emerald, just because it's ridiculous and yeah. yeah boys are back so emerald boys are back in town and then i'm just gonna put running back on there because you can't stop me 
<laughs> Do you also want to put Jailbreak, Angel from the Coast, Romeo and the Lonely Girl, Warriors, Fight for One Game? I mean, song? this whole album is uh, only slightly longer than the two Tool songs we put on our playlist. So, yep. We may as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that is ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's that's the episode done. It is. That was really fun. It was. Um, so we, I was going to say, where can people get in touch, Rich? But we have something to say regarding that. Nowhere just yet. Dun, dun, we dun. Need to, we need to decide. <laughs> oh, what... yeah, we need to talk about next week because we're not yeah. doing spreadsheets anymore. I keep forgetting to fucking do it. Sorry. I don't want people getting in touch with us for the next 90 <laughs> seconds at least. All right. Hold your fucking horses. Yeah, do not press that send button. Until I say so. <laughs> wow, no wonder people don't send us emails. <laughs> yeah, no wonder our inbox is empty. We're so aggressive. <laughs> um, okay, so we are coming to the end of Black History Month. We are. So our fourth and final episode will be next week. Uh, and Kyle, what will we be listening to for it? We will be listening to Skindred and their debut album, Babylon. Yeah. Do you know much Skindred? I, so I've seen them live. Have you? Yeah, in 2012, um, it was maybe one of the best weekends of my entire life, Rich. Uh, the Hard Rock Calling Festival in Hyde Park in London. Mm. The Friday night was Soundgarden headlining. The Saturday night was Bruce Springsteen headlining. And the, <laughs> and the Sunday night was Paul Simon headlining. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was genuinely one of the greatest weekends that's just ever happened. And I was there and I fucking, I, honestly, I can't, I'm still not quite over How it. much did you pay to get to pick the headliners? <laughs> Yeah, it was make a wish. I feigned. Uh, I feigned make yeah, a wish. I think that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. But on the Soundgarden day, on the Friday, obviously the whole lineup was a bit heavier because Soundgarden were headlining, mm. and one of the acts was Skindred. So I've seen them live. Cool. But I've never actually listened to them on CD. Fine. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Are you familiar? I've heard a couple of their songs. Um, I think probably off Babylon because I remember hearing them when I was a teenager. So I think there's probably a couple on this album that maybe I would vaguely recognise. Okay. The song of theirs that I know the most is a song called Jungle Bells, which is their Christmas song. Right. <laughs> Are we saving that for when we do a Christmas so episode? We we might just do a whole Christmas episode just on that song. <laughs> Real deep dive. Yeah. So oh, so going back to you saying you've seen Skindred. I keep wanting to say Bad Brains, but we, Skindred. I think there's only been two bands so far that i've seen live which okay seems really low to me i thought we'd have more chat each week about seeing bands live and uh the only ones so far that i've seen live are architects and enter shikari i think oh let me see i've seen i've seen mastodon soundgarden dream theater uh yes those are the ones i've seen i've seen alterbridge lots but i've never seen tremonti yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, okay so you're on three well four next week yeah Shit, I agree with you though. I I thought yeah, more of the conversation might have been about live acts, but yeah. maybe maybe that's a bonus episode where we talk about bands we've seen live. Yeah, true. Maybe that will come when we get around to bands like Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> if we ever do. <laughs> exactly the fucking spreadsheet. We'll just have to start going to loads of gigs together, Rich, and then we can definitely talk about it. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, now people may press the send button on their emails. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. But they don't know where to send them to yet, Rich. Oh, damn it. They know. We've not... We've not... <laughs> <laughs> you would send it to, for instance, chewthemetal at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and you can also uh, stay in touch and get all our updates on Instagram and Twitter at chewthemetal. And you can like us, subscribe to us, rate us, and review us on your podcast app. 
and that would make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Thank you. It did. Uh, it would. Sorry. And uh, not only not only it would, but it did because the uh, we need to give a quick shout out yes. to your sister, Rich. Yeah, my uh, my sister Natasha uh, sent us a lovely email. She did. today, didn't she? Yes, it was lovely. You're right. And she is a, a self proclaimed complete newbie to this type of music. What our target audience? Exactly. Yeah, uh, that, that's essentially why we're doing this. And she gave us a very very lengthy in depth review of of pretty much every song that so far that's on the playlist yeah and um turns out she quite liked a surprising amount of it so that was good yeah I mean, she even liked some of the dream theater well I, I think i was expecting her to like that stuff the most oh okay because she likes like i think her favorite band is genesis and like she loves prog stuff like pink floyd and stuff right. like that. like she's all over that so She's definitely got time for eight-minute guitar solos. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Uh, how did you feel that she did not like Architects, though? Did that wound you deeply? Uh, yes. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was not not surprised. You know, they're probably maybe the heaviest band we've talked about. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, at least with Mastodon, I guess there's more musically. If, if you're not a metal fan, there's other aspects to pick up on, whereas yeah. Architects are very very metal in in every aspect but that is fine but no that was that was a great email to receive so thank you for that yes thanks natasha and yeah if anybody else wants to send one please do because they're just a joy to read yes they are but yeah i mean i think that that's us isn't it is that us i think so yeah so that is that we're gonna go listen to babylon by skindred for actually a week oh my god An, an actual full week an actual full week and we will see you there Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Except in drop B. Uh, right, I think there's a mild delay again. I can't tell. Or it's just my computer being stupid. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, I will. I will start us off. They were formed. I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> start that again. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, have we got a mild delay? If I say this, how long does it take you to hear it? Sorry, I zoned out. Then do that again, and then I'll tell you. I think you're going to have a very easy job editing that one. <laughs>